Hello, everybody, and welcome to... You know what? We don't even really have a name for this yet, do we, guys? Oh, oh, uh, uh, some, you work... something dumb and punny about something time about no, no. So it's got to be something. It's got to be something funny and witty about story in games, like maybe story time or something. Because this is the first in an ongoing SDG series where we are going to be discussing story and lore in some of our favorite the games. The deep dive, if you will. The deep dive, right? Yeah, you could say that we're going deep down on this one. And that uh, means this will never come out. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty good. Not bad, Finn. But uh, anyway, uh, this is John with SDGC, and I've got Finn. Also from SDGC. Also from SDGC. Rebecca. Also from SDGC. And oh, you guys, and, and Brandon, you guys know what I'm getting at. Jeez, I'm I, just I'm not, not, I'm not, I don't even all... know what SDGC is. I'm just introducing the panel. I just and, stumbled my way into this conversation. And what we're going to do today is we are going to discuss the story behind one of our favorite games of all time, Chrono Trigger. Uh, and um, we're not going to be discussing any gameplay stuff uh, in these series of videos. You know uh, that shit already. Who hasn't played Chrono Trigger? Exa right, yeah. Someone on SDGC hasn't played Chrono Trigger. Zach, Zach, Zach and Maddie. Yeah, Zach and Maddie. Zach and Maddie have and not Jeff. played Chrono Trigger. And Jeff. Jeff Horrible. has not played Chrono Trigger. Either. Whereas Brandon, you just you just finished Chrono Trigger for what, the 37th time? It, I, I've lost count, but it's maybe somewhere around seven. It's so I'm much in, shorter 20... than I remember. It's so much shorter than I remember it being. It like took I was, me twelve hours. I was watching your play-by-play -play in the Twitter DM, and you were like, "Okay, I'm starting Chrono Trigger," and then a yeah. few hours later, you're like, "I'm at Magus's castle." I'm at Magus, oh, yeah, like, holy oh, shit! I'm at were the ocean palace. Celeste, or were you playing just baseline? I was doing like a standard playthrough. Okay. Yeah, See, I didn't do any side quests because I, you know, I've done them before in previous playthroughs. Like I've hundred percent of the game, so I, I was just like, story. "Yeah, I want to finish it, kill Lavos, you know, get whatever ending I get, just so I can have the game fresh in my mind." So I think one of the things about Chrono Trigger that immediately stuck out to me, like if we're talking about, like, let, let's start at the beginning. And as we go, we'll hit some of those story beats that we that we all really love. Okay, uh, so we're going to talk about Aria first? No. So so what, so right off the bat with Chrono Trigger, one of the things that struck me uh, was that, um, of course, you know, Chrono Trigger released in 1995 uh, for the Super Nintendo. Um, and one of the I was things four years old, feel four old year, now, John? I was 15 years old and yes, I feel very, very old right now. <laughs> I was 10. Jesus Christ, you guys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Chrono Trigger opens much differently than many square RPGs at the time. Yeah, sure uh, does. you know, Final Fantasy four opens up, you know, uh, you know, Cecil Red and Wings. the Red Wings. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy six opens up and, you know, Terra and, and the, and her Imperial soldiers, Biggs and Wedge are marching towards Narsh. Um, but Chrono Trigger opens up with uh, a, a young lad waking birds. up. Yeah, birds are singing. You can hear Lean's bell ringing, and there's a there's a millennial fair going on. Which um, is funny that you say that it opened up so differently from other RPGs at the time, because now the young hero being yeah. woken up by his mother to be told he's late to meet a That's girl now. somewhere is like no, it's a thing now. Fucking like, RPG standard. Like now, now you roll your eyes about the slow starts of RPGs, and Chrono Trigger was such a novel concept. I, it was I mean, so I nice. love how it really gives you control over how slow or quick you want the opening to be. Because mm -hmm. like you can you can run into the fair, run into Marl, and then boom, you're like you're traveling through time within like ten minutes. Yeah. Or or you can you got the whole fair to run around and fight Gato and plus the village too. Like there's yeah. there's you some stuff in the village. Yeah. Like you can, a, you can, like you can even cross the, 
Yeah, you can cross the bridge and go down into the southern continent. Like right Yeah, and there's the all these little things down there. I mean, I don't remember specifics because it's been a while, but I feel like there's a bunch of dialogue down there that kind of hints at stuff you're going to do. Yeah, I mean, they're all also. saying, like, yeah. oh, I'm going to the fair. I'm going to set up a shop. You should come see me. You know, the kids are saying, like, oh, I can't wait to go play. So everyone's, like, talking about it. Yeah, but there's also, like, there's that one family, if I remember right, that's, like, really messed up, and you have to come back to them, like, way later in the game and teach their family line, like, the meaning of generosity or something. Yeah, but you can meet them so early sure. in the game and, like, implant that seed. And... Well, what what I thought was really, really cool about the opening of Chrono Trigger, running around, uh, you know, the Millennial Fair, is you find out later that all of the actions you're you that, that you are taking part in, a lot of what you're doing in the fair that seems innocuous actually has gameplay ramifications, story ramifications <laughs> later <laughs> during the trial, during, during Chrono's trial. And we'll get to that, but that, that's something else that right off the bat, um, you know, Chrono Trigger did differently than other games of the time. Um, and like and subtle things too. Like the, the thing with the, when she's getting the candy and you can't move, like, yeah, or you're like, trying yeah. to rush her too much because you, you feel like even even if you're trying if you're not trying to rush her and that's not your intention you know you feel in games that you don't want to be standing still for too long there's an impulse to move or be like oh should i be talking to her should i be doing something yeah, else exactly. like it, it's just it's such ah i mean who honestly like nobody nobody will talk tomorrow before they touch the pendant on a first playthrough because okay, i did that come on did you really yes i like, did the, the pendant is like shining and like it's like flashing i did it, I did like, it go too, grab me oh yeah I will well, admit the only reason I did it is because I thought that picking up the pendant would move the story forward. And I thought okay. what I thought was going to happen is I thought she was going to have like a line of dialogue and be like, oh, my head or something. And then I'd go pick up the but pendant. But what like, blows the, your... the game is very clearly trying to get you to pick up the pendant. It is. But... And, and what is so mind blowing about that situation later is during the trial, they use that. The game actually uses that. Uh, you know, the lawyer for the, you know, the lawyer for the prosecution says, well, he only cared about the, he only cared about the pendant, not the princess. Look, he went yeah. to go check on the pendant first. And, and then yeah. he Melchior, went to go look at her. Melchior and asked it, you to sell her pendant. Yeah. And the best Reviews. thing about that is it's the, it's the game subtly telling you that like your decisions actually matter. And this is like in a, in a world before that became such a tagline and buzzword for RPGs, but yeah. your decisions actually mattered in that game your choices impacted so many little things c to come in a it way that was not telegraphed at all it's not like yep. you know choose option a b or c it's just like natural yeah. things you're doing in the gameplay right okay. and that follows later too i mean there, there isn't anything quite as explicit as the millennial affair and the trial but later on there are all those side quests and then there are also so many like you find out Later, once you get the bucket opened up and stuff, there are so many different things you can do that will affect what ending you Yeah, get. I was just going to say, yeah. it's, it's kind of yeah. setting you up for the idea of like, oh, hey, this game has 16 endings or whatever it is. Right? Yeah. And well, I can't believe that really no other game has come back to that. Like, it was so brilliant and so well executed and everybody loved it. But we really... I mean, Chrono Cross had a couple different endings, but... Yeah, I mean, but it I didn't have... Near, it was like three, two or three... Yeah, and that one sucked actually. The well, way, well, the way, and, the way you well, trigger that, but yeah, no, we'll one talk of them, about that later. Yeah, but um, but one of the things. So like, and so like, so like, moving along with the story, of course, you know, after everything happens at the Millennial Fair, uh, you head to you know, you head to the square, and then uh, Luca is there building her time machine. Uh, shit goes down. Uh, the pendant causes the time machine to break. You get sucked in, and when you get spit out on the other side, all of a sudden you're in 600 AD, um, which is. Mark. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of question marks. Um, and that right there, when I made it to the world map, 
that was the first inclination to me all the way back in 1995 that this game was different. This game was something You can special. tell it's the same continent right away, but... Man, Absolutely, but, but like, shit's different. Village is, uh, is, but everything from, like, the, the music change to the haze... Yep. Yeah, oh, it's wow. all foggy and misty. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, even the music had that. It had a distinctively, you know, medieval, old-fashioned, yeah, yeah old-world oh, yeah. feel Man. to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and so this was the first game I've ever played. It. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is actually the first game to fuck around with time travel. Um, I I wouldn't say that. I'm sure yeah. there were other games that did things with well, time well, travel as a plot point, but but maybe not 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 in such a meaningful way. Because I mean, because the whole get because the crux of the entire game is centered around time travel and changing uh, the, the future. The NES uh, game Time Lord begs to differ. Time Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna pretend that doesn't exist. Okay. Um, but there, but it was like, I mean, how many maps did it end up having? It had medieval, six? it had prehistoric, it had the futuristic, like, uh, millennial, futuristic, uh, the, uh, the... zeal, and uh, yeah, five no. distinct timelines. Was there a sixth one? Um. So, so you had the present day. Well, let, let's right. take them off. You had the present day. You had uh, the medieval world, six hundred AD. Yep. You had prehistoric uh yep. times uh like you had minutes. the kingdom of zeal mm-hmm. yeah. uh you had BC. Y- yep you had the post-apocalypse 2300 ad 2300 yeah. yep that's 2300 ad um and i think that's and yeah that's all of them. i think that's it i think the reason yeah, i'm yeah. thinking there was a sixth is because you could travel to the sixth one and that was like lavos yeah yeah, yeah it was 1999 and that's when lavos oh, is right. yeah, yeah, yeah. supposed to it pop just, out of the takes ground you right, it just takes you to a tunnel where you walk to lavos yeah, it, yeah. exactly yeah so there, um, there were five but but that's it there were five basic renditions on the main the, the overworld yeah. and there was continuity there and you didn't yeah. really quite understand that until later but i know like what i was time they would float together yeah like what i was talking about earlier um where you could go back into the village and talk to some people um there were like when you go back to medieval times there are a couple of houses where you talk to them and yeah it's obviously not the same people because it's hundreds of years earlier but you get like like that one family that's been there because that's the era in which you're supposed to teach them how to be generous or whatever and mm-hmm. you realize it's the same family yeah um just you know years and years before so there's those clues already that, like and it's just ah it's just well the continuity is so well done well it, like if you want to talk about continuity and ramifications i think one of the one of the first I think you were first, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the first time the game actually shows you how the past affects the future is when you go back in time to 600 AD and you kill the Yakra and yeah. you you save Luke the queen. Luke explains it to you. Luke explains yeah. it to you, yeah. And the, so you go back. So after you kill the, the, you know, the, you know, the Yakra, you go back, and all of a sudden in the present time, the Chancellor is extremely hostile to you. Yep. And he imprisons you. you got to fight the Dragon Tank. You don't know why. And it's not till much later in the game you find out that because of your actions in 600 AD, the Yakra's ancestor, I love or, I'm sorry, descendant. Where, when Luke is explaining to you, or it's like, yeah. they're like, what are they all like vomiting out their ancestors or whatever? Yeah, they're yeah. just kind of like yeah. all, all, all kind of coming off of each other. Yeah, that, and, that little scene is great. And you find out, you find out that, that because of your actions in the past, the Yakra's descendant has kidnapped the chancellor, just like his ancestor did. 
and is trying to take over the kingdom to get revenge on you. And, and, and you fight in that very same courtroom that he was trying to, that he was trying to have you tried in that to me, like I, I thought that was like, yeah, at the very end of the game, it was so that, fucking cool. Was, yeah, the side quests were the ones that truly dealt with the, uh, the time traveling ramifications and the continuity. Yeah. Because of course, I think one of the most famous ones is the one where you leave Robo behind. Oh yeah, so you leave, leave Robo, him. and he's he plants yeah. the forest. And he's and plowing he's just, the field. He's just sitting there plowing until yeah, the yeah. The animation is great. And that and and then you find his rusted remains, and you refix him up, and like he's like poof, what's up? But it's uh, also like it's so poignant though, Finn, to because I mean they plainly state like Robo plainly states he's like for you it's only been a few moments, but for me five hundred yeah, years. Exactly. You know, like four. What was it? Four hundred years. Four hundred years have passed. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, and 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 it's so crazy. Like you can go back in time after that scene. You can go back in time with Robo, and past Robo was there tilling the fields for the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. For yeah. the rest of the game, he is there he's tilling there. the fields, and and it is just it is so fucking. So and so here's a question I have for everybody here. So up on my wall, I actually you can barely see it right right over my shoulder here but i have a scene a shadow box of that scene where luca is they're they're all reunited they're at the campfire and oh, yeah. luca is fixing robo and it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole game it's probably oh, yeah. one of the most iconic scenes in the whole game yeah it might be the best it's scene. one of the few that actually yeah. has the uh, key art of it yeah. exactly yeah precisely it's on the it's on the cover of the soundtrack that came with the ds version so there are so many theories about about what happens in the scene because they talk about an entity and Robo theorizes that they are reliving something, or they are living out the, the they are living out or reliving the thoughts of some entity. Some entity is guiding their hands, and there have been all kinds of theories in the in the in the community of fans uh, of, of yeah, Chrono Trigger. Usually, as, a lot of it points towards Shala. Yeah, as to as to what entity they're referring to. There have been theories about it being Shala, about it being some kind of deity, about it being Lavos, about it being uh, uh, Magus himself. And I wanted to see what everybody felt like. Do any of you have your own idea or or theory as to what entity they're referring to? Because the game never explicitly mentions what it is. I don't think it's Lavos. No. I think Shala's a possibility. The way I took that scene is that... They they themselves don't really understand it. It's kind of like a weird metaphor for God or whatever. But yeah, also, I, I feel like the way it was written, it was the writers leaving. Because the, they, they obviously had ideas for sequels. Radical Dreamers and Chrono Cross mm. being some amalgamation of that. I feel like it was them leaving themselves open to have a bigger plot later in a possible sequel that just never got realized. I don't, I don't think there was any specific tie to Lavos or Magus. I think Shal is a possibility, especially given what happens in Chrono Cross. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was anything specific. I think it was just an opening for the future. Brandon, what about you? You mentioned Shala as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a, so much about Shala is left open, and she's sort of like the catalyst for all of Chrono Cross. Like, I, I feel like they should have maybe explained a little. Like, if there's anything they could have done to improve it, would be maybe expand upon Shala's uh, influence in the story because she's she is more important than Chrono. I mean, she's like the yeah. she's like the crux of the entire because exactly and, like once once you're, her, you're like this this woman has this woman has like the power. She has the power, like capital yeah. T H E, the power. Did you play the DS version or the the up the whatever yeah. the enhanced version was that ended up mm -hmm. having the extra side plot with the time? The Dream whatever. Devourer. The, the Dream, Dream Devourer. Devourer. Yeah. That's right. I didn't yeah. go through. I did play the DS version. I beat it. So 
The DS version was the last time I'd replayed the game before this last I, time. It had that in it. Did you, you yeah. didn't do the side I, I didn't go through the bonus content because I didn't okay. like it. It was just like, I, it felt really cheaply made with like a tile editor. There, I and I'm remembering this badly, but I feel like there's an extra boss that's the Dream Devourer and it's meant to kind of try in a really rough way to connect Chrono yeah, Trigger. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah. Anything the DS added was... Well, yeah. well, it's also got that cut scene. It's also got that cut scene that explicitly shows Kid as a baby being left yep. uh, for, for for Luca to find. Oh, is um, that in Chrono Trigger? Yeah, it's yeah. in the DS version. It's DS in the DS version. version. Yeah, I never saw that. Um, and it also um, so and and like and they make that tie explicitly. Like the Dream Devourer is basically Lavos with Shala imprisoned on top right, of him. From Chrono Cross. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so so it is it is the it is kind of like the 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 proto form of the Time Devourer in in Chrono Cross. Um, that is and, and and they did that specifically to gap that bridge between the two titles. I am um, uh, I'm on Team Shala for this is in terms of who the entity is, but I I do remember I mean, could, a could it be the Mammon uh, Machine a fan itself? theory that it's Earth. Okay. The entity itself is the. Planet, I remember that theory. Yeah. Is a parasite. That's like a very Final Fantasy VII take on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like Square Enix has ever shied away from the planet being a living entity. Yeah, by exactly. There was also. The fourth, I'm sorry, Finn. Go ahead. I'm sorry. The fourth wall meta thing of the entity is you, the player, and you are. I remember hearing that also. I like that explanation. That's a yeah, very that's earthbound really good. take on it. It's a very earthbound take on it. I really like that explanation. Um, I'm going I'd with also, that one. I, I had also heard like uh, Gaspar as a as a as a possibility, considering that yeah. he was thrown to the end of time. Yo, um, think about Gaspar. <laughs> that dude had a fucked up life. Can, can you yeah, imagine just appearing in the end of time and nothing is there? Oh, like where he had to, like, like, like everything that you see in the in the end of like, time, like he had to make himself out. Of yeah, nothing. he built a lamp. Like like that's he's very industrious. Like yeah, he had nothing. Like, how how did, did, how was he there before Specchio, or was Specchio there first? Good I think question. he was. Which I know that's the eternal question. What came well, first, you see, you see Gaspar or Specchio? You, you see a cutscene of him getting sent to the end of time, and when he shows up there, he's like, he turns around, he's like, okay. Well, he's like, now? now what do I do? Yeah, like, <laughs> like this kind of this really sucks. So, yeah, well, I, feel, I feel bad for Gaspar because at least Melchior and Balthazar like ended up in places. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't just forever alone. Yeah, yeah but there. God, one of the saddest scenes in that game is when you shut down the. How do you say it? New. New? Yeah. New. Yeah. yeah new. Oh, yeah. When when uh when he's like, do me one last favor and yeah. shut yeah. the uh, yeah, shut I mean, the I'm, not saying, down. I'm not saying they're not also tragic. I'm just saying at least they weren't tragic exactly. and completely <laughs> isolated throughout yeah. Yeah. time. And like, I, well, and what's what's crazy is that like when you when you shut the new off, like like Rebecca just got me thinking. Like oh, when you me. when you shut the new off and you try to talk to it again, it says this creature is asleep beyond the flow of time, and that yeah. for whatever reason that line oh, really God. hit me hard. Yeah, it does. I was. And it's not even him. It's like the remnant of him. Like he's gone. I don't remember yeah. which one it is. That you know which there. line always hits me, even though it's such a throwaway like repeat one. When you go sleep in the uh in the ch in the machine, and the but you're still hungry. But you're still. How do you pronounce? It? Is it Energitron? Energron, Energron, Energron. Well, and they really hammer it home too, Finn, with like your stomach growls. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's like, like it's like, like you're so still hungry. Uh, on the topic of story, which character arc do you of uh, the main playable characters do you mm. resonate with the most? Because mm. every character had like a complete uh, arc. It's so tough. I, I I said this on the Final Fantasy VI. Uh, 
retrospective we did too this is such an ensemble cast it oh, yeah. really is really chrono's the least relatable of all of them he, he is yeah. because you don't ever stands around he's a doll yeah, I think I actually side note, Chrono Trigger might be the only game where I truly enjoy a silent protagonist. Well, it, I mean, it works. R- Rebecca, literally, he is a doll at one point. I, I know, that's what I mean. Like, he's a doll, but he may as well just be the doll because yeah. they fought he long do and hard internally about whether to keep Chrono a silent. It was Yuji Hori from Dragon Quest that eventually convinced them all. To I think this is this is one of those this is one of those cases in, in which, and honestly, it gives a little more credence to the theory of the player being the entity that the party is referring to um because you i mean chrono is a vessel for you like you are right. you know chrono is chrono is whatever you imagine his personality to be right. um so i i think that that lends that theory originally he was going to talk and then when they finally decided he wasn't they had to like redo all the scenes i'm glad so. they did. I'm, I'm glad he does yeah, it in retrospective yeah I think I, to answer finn's actual question i think yeah. luca is probably the closest to me just because she's I don't know. She she's intrepid and and smart, and she's got she's your not... hair. She understands yeah. time travel with no concept of time travel existing already. Yeah, she just builds things. She's like, look, I made it. I get time travel. I made this machine that can teleport people. Look at, I mean, yeah, she's just so cool. It's not and... like there were books in that world that like talking about time travel. Like she just understands the concept. She she's also the thing smart. that I like about her that I think was kind of rare in RPGs of that period is. Marl isn't really a damsel. She can fend for herself, but she is a damsel at different points in the story. Luca does whatever needs to be done. If she needs to stay behind and work on something to make sure that the job gets done, that's what she does. If she needs to go along, then she does that too. And she also has a cool little... Like, no one else in this era has a gun. Yeah, She built a gun. (laughs) She's so cool. And she also has her little... The glass. Yeah, she's yeah, got yeah, a little yeah. poking her. I, plus, there's plus. Some, like Chrono Trigger, the sprites are twice the size of like Final Fantasy. They are, and they're oh, so they're so, they're, good. they're so well animated. They're, they're so well animated. That much. Mar's little happy dance. For me, it's got to be Robo. Robo is my favorite yeah, character in the game. Just, like getting rickrolled every five seconds. Yeah, got, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, his theme is great. His... Best mashup. So, the best. Uh, I I I hate to disagree with you, John, but the best sprite animation is the chancellor's surprised face yeah it's pretty good with his mouth goes all yeah the way. his mouth goes like all the way yeah and uh, no but it like but like as, as far as a character that that resonates with me goes i think it would have to be robo um and maybe brandon will understand this but like you know in boot camp you're taught to think a certain way you're taught to you know you're you're, you're reprogrammed basically you're programmed to act a certain way and yeah. um and so kind of like, you know, later in life, kind of trying to unprogram yourself, I, that, which is what essentially what Robo is. That scene, that scene at the beginning, like right at the beginning when you first meet Robo and he, he meets the six other robots that are exactly like him. Yeah. Like, you you oh, are malfunctioning. That scene is amazing. It, it is. Yeah. And, and they're all, and you know, and they're all beating up on him. They're all like shoulder tackling him. him down the shoot. And the, and what, like, the, music, and like, the music is so goddamn sad. When it's like the personification of that scene from The Simpsons, when he's like, stop, stop, he's already yeah, dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God, leave Robo alone. He's also got such an amazing fucking theme. I love Robo's it's theme. It's Rick Rolling. It is it's... an incredible thing. Before I had ever heard that song, I loved Robo. Oh, yeah. But now I, I, I love the now remix. Love the mash, yeah, the remix mash. Well, and, and, and when you when you figure out what his ultimate fate is in Chrono, not to get too far down the Chrono Cross God. rabbit hole, but when you figure oh, out that he shit. is the Prometheus circuit, like yep. that that and that's his ultimate fate. Oh, I was like, no, that scene fucked me up. Yeah. I cried so hard. Like of all, we're gonna talk about Chrono Cross later. But of all the things in Chrono Cross that emotionally affected me, it was that moment, and then the moment in um, the 
oh shit uh chronopolis when the music is like dark and dank the whole time and then suddenly it goes into this kind of dark version of i think uh wit i think wind scene or secret of the forest or what one of the yeah. one of the little piano the little chronicler piano riff that we all know yeah yeah yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah, like, it, it has this dark version of that, and I'm like, oh my god, it's just a bunch of bits of the Chrono Trigger world just smashed up into a bunch of islands. God. Like, like it to was an- all the Chrono Trigger things that hit me. To answer my own question, for me, it's Frog. And I don't know if it's just because of I, I, the, the traditional, like, fantasy aspect of it, but his journey of, of discovering who he was and finding the Mazamune and avenging... Chopping a mountain in half? That's oh, so... Is, that's the <laughs> only Insane. That scene's so that scene good. Is so good. It's it's yeah. animated during the PS1 remake. It zooms out to the overworld and you see like the light going all the way up into the sky. It's so yeah. good. It's so no, fucking it's, good. His whole arc and when you find out his true name and uh and, and the whole thing with Maza and Mune. Yeah. This the yeah. scene where like Cyrus is on the bridge looking off. Well and, and, and plus can we can we just give a shout out to Luca when she finds out that Glenn is a snack? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like yeah. that's that's one of my favorite endings of the whole game. But she's like, oh my god, she it's like she freaks out over how hand because she, like <laughs> because when she first meets yeah. him, she's, she's like, oh my god, it's a frog. She's like, it's a big talking frog. Ew. And then she, and then she's like, holy shit, Glenn is hot. And, and like <laughs> and that to me, that that was one of my favorite moments of the whole game. One, one, the big, whole game. one of my biggest disappointments is that if you kill Magus, he doesn't turn back to Glenn. I always wondered yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah, I always yeah. wondered about that. You I know, I feel like it's just a, it's like a memory restraint. You know, with like to swap the sprites out. Would Probably. Be like- yeah. But how cool would that have been if like what a gameplay, what like what a switch up that would have been if yeah, if you if you got to play as Glenn, if you got to play as human Glenn and not Frog, uh, I would like, actually I would kill Ma- I so I always recruit Magus. Always. Yeah, same. But it, yeah. If he if he would change back to Glenn, I would always right. Kill like if, I would if always kill Magus. Trade off because I think the trade off are not taking him is just not nearly as cool as having him as a character yeah exactly by the way yeah. sp- speaking of speaking of magus can we can we talk a minute about how what a shell shock it is to actually realize that magus is going to join your party like well, also that he wasn't the big bad that he wasn't yeah, right. the creator yeah. of lavos he, he, like, he's such a cool character in the story and that he was janice too and you get to, yeah, yeah. You get to meet childhood magus and that he was almost cat. that one guy from chrono cross before they backed out of that uh, gill yeah he yeah. was almost I, I thought oh, that been the so first cool. time i played chrono cross i was like oh hey it's magus yeah that's what anyway, i thought too back, really, yeah. no, but but you but yeah what happened to janice and then trace his path to how he be like why he wants to stop lavos and how he actually was not technically a bad guy yeah he was just a man with a mission yep mm-hmm. yeah he was he, he, he wanted his sister back but man that scene when you when you fight him for the first time and you're walking down the hallway and the purple <laughs> flames are lighting up and you can hear that chanting in the background it's like oh yeah. oh my god oh, like the sound the sound design in his keep is so cool i mean yeah. they build they build the wind into the song yes so like it hits at the right time because it's built into the it's song. so good it's so yeah. fucking good and honestly the sound design and the music design in this whole game is mm, well I'm and sorry. one That's of my one of my oh, favorite shit. scenes and you'll miss this entirely if you don't have magus in your party when you're fighting zeal but but when you fight Zeal and Magus is in your party, instead of that, instead of like you know boss battle two, you get his theme. you yeah. get his battle theme, and he like yeah, flips so his I, cape back, and he's like, I... he, and he's like, what a pathetic woman. And I was just like, <laughs> and I was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah I, this just is so this good. Last playthrough I did a couple days ago, I, I did have him. I fought Queen Zeal, and I was like, oh shit, that scene was cool. Another uh, example fuck. of good sound design. Her little cackle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Whatever that yeah. little crud oh, is. Speaking oh, of sound on. design, the most honestly, the most iconic sound of the whole game is Lavos' scream. I earlier. Yep, it's right up there. Oh for God, me yeah. With the uh, Metal Gear Solid exclamation mark and Kefka's laugh. The, yep, and then yeah. it's Lavos' scream. It's oh insane. my God! The first time I heard oh, that, yeah. I was like, so "What the fuck the is that?" Sometimes yeah. it's built into the soundtrack. Sometimes it's coming from Lavos itself, but it's it's all over the place. So, I think one of the big in I, so I love Chrono Trigger and I love Final Fantasy VI, and I know that they're paired. They're often paired together as like basically the two best. They RPGs came out of like all, months ago. Yeah, yeah, like to the two best RPGs of all time. You probably like either one or the other better, but you know they're they're right next to each other. They both do very different things super well. But I think something that was interesting about both of them that was similar is that. Both Kefka and Lavos are these enemies with no real rational motive. Like yep. yeah. you're, they're not. Tra they're, they don't have a tragic backstory. You can't they don't, argue with Lavos. You can't argue. No, you can't. You can't argue with Kefka. And Kefka's still human, so yeah. that's maybe a different thing. But Lavos is just a fucking space parasite. It it doesn't care what well, you and, think. And technically, uh, Rebecca, they both win. Too they like like, like 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 obviously you reverse Lavos's victory, but when but when you started the game like in 1999, he's already won. Yeah. Like he's 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 already he's just, won. He's just a couple years away. Um, and that uh, scene, the scene when you re when they re realize what Lavos has done is great too, because they just like they turn on the computer by accident. They're like, yeah. "What's this button do?" Like they're you know they're they're completely like naive to the whole thing, and they're like, "Oh oh shit." So, like that we just watched the end of the world. Okay. Can we? So can we talk about the reveal that Lavos is in fact not a giant alien bug, but in fact he's a humanoid. Like he's he's basically a guy, an alien in a spacesuit. He's yeah. Um, which which really I was like whoa I was like okay I was the Lavos not core is just the one tiny little bit on the right. So I got the impression that I got the impression the that bit. that I so I got the impression that the like the alien humanoid was Lavos, but he was hiding his essence in the core like like he was hiding his his personality in the core um and that that's the impression i got um but because because the the humanoid is the one throwing all the all the shit at you because like what are they trying to get across that like when you're fighting lavos it doesn't tell you which one is the core yeah but so you think you need to fight the humanoid looking thing in the middle but that just keeps regenerating itself and the fight isn't over until you kill the bit so on you, the right i i so got like, the impression get, that I got the impression, Brandon, that was basically his brain. Yeah. So you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're not really finishing it off until you. Oh, until you but he's also me. an alien space parasite, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. literally could be anything. It's actually a Horcrux. Come on. <laughs> so, it's so here's guy. my so 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 here's my question, right? Like on the subject of of, of Lavo. So there's been a lot of discussion in the uh, in the Chrono in the Chrono Trigger fan uh, fan base about whether or not Lavos is responsible for the for the evolution of the human race. Um, because they it, and maybe one of you can correct me, but he's responsible for magic. Well, he's responsible for magic, but I think it was the Japanese trans. It's either the Japanese translation or the English translation that specifically states, you know, you know, all of life was engineered by Lavos in order for him to 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 evolve, consume it. to consume it, and 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 like. I can't remember if it was the evolution of life or the advancement of technology that Lavos is responsible for. I think it was for. the advancement of technology, or maybe mm -hmm. it's a little bit of both, because the entire kingdom of Zeal was powered by Lavos. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Finn's got it right, because there's the one ending where, like, if you end it in prehistoric times or something, then the dinosaurs take over and they're in charge. So life already existed and was fine, but whichever whichever species ended up dominating was the one that Lavos effectively gave magic and tech and all that stuff. 
And what was so crazy, what was so cool about Lavos is, was when you pierce his outer shell, you find this giant, you know, uh, you know, robotic suit of armor inside. Yeah, uh, it's hard to describe. It really is, but it's got like so, and then like, and you, and you tubes coming out of it. He's got tubes coming out of him, and the, of course, you know, World Revolution is playing, which is one of the most amazing uh, boss fight themes it's, it's ever. Good. And it, I love how and it's, it's a boss rush. It's a boss. It's rush a boss rush. But if that, you fight them through the black omen. Yeah. That th- that um, scene that's, is that's the way to fight them. Yeah, it's exactly. got, the way to fight if them. you listen to World Revolution, it's got it it, it mixes uh, elements of both Labos's theme and the and the Chrono Trigger Overworld theme yep. into it, which I thought was really cool. And but then when you when you pierce that 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 armor, and you find out you find the alien hiding inside of it, it was not like it was a battle unlike anything that I had ever really seen in an RPG up to that point because there was it, it, it had that weird science fiction music. Um, you could see all the time periods flashing in the background, and Lavos's yeah. attacks would change depending upon what time period you were in. Yeah. And the whole thing had just a very, very decisive science fiction element to it that I had never seen up to that point. And, and it yeah. was what, what, what a fucking fight that was. Like I, it's one of my favorite end bosses of all time was, was, uh, was Lavos that whole sequence. Yeah. Um, the state, and the stakes are so high and it's so, it's so dramatic. And I think talk going back to the thing you mentioned earlier about them seeing the end of the world in the computer, like, I love that moment and I love what it ends up leading to with that final fight, because I think more than a lot of other media, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stories, there's a lot of RPGs about a bunch of teenagers saving the world in one way or another. But I love that this is a definitive moment for these, I mean, basically young adult kids where they see this thing happening and it's so horrible and they're like, well, fuck, we're the only, we're literally the only people who could possibly do anything about this at all. So I guess we kind of got it. Like the, the stakes suddenly going from here to way the fuck up here. Well, and, and, and what yeah. and what's crazy about that, Rebecca, is that they didn't have to do anything technically. This happens 999 years into the future. Like, right. like, like, I mean, almost a thousand years into the future. They, they by all rights could have been like, eh, I mean, yeah. you know, this but is. They, they care about their future. Yeah. Like it's. The world's future. It was really, well, really, yeah. The one timeline we haven't really talked about is the prehistoric time, which sets this uh, sets everything in motion, and it's another example of a of a villain that isn't truly a villain. Azala, like when you, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and when you realize that you know when it comes down to it, and you realize it's literally a battle for their survival, and if you win, you're dooming their entire species. It, it's just another example of how the game frames things in a way that other games wouldn't at the time did you know that let it let it be known the reptites fought till the end i did not know that azala was a female until i played the ds version is she yeah Yeah. i I, I I still did not i always took that as i don't know why i she coded herself as female to me when i played the game as a kid we're also programmed to see to see monstrous boss creatures as male yeah i had no no idea until i put the ds version if something has an A at the end of it, I don't know, Spanish. Well, well what, makes sense. what I thought was really cool about the prehistoric time period was kind of like the play on, on, on your, or, or I, I guess the parallels uh, to, to our world, um, you know, giant meteor hits in 65 million BC uh, wipes out the dinosaurs, ushers in an ice age, which lasts yep. until, you know, 1200 BC, which you see in, you know, in, you know, the kingdom of zeal uh, on the ground. Uh, and I thought that was a really cool way to kind of parallel events in the real world. Only this time, the meteor was literally yeah, uh, at, at that point he was a lava spawn. 
right? Like he wasn't yeah. a fl- he, was he was just he was just a lava. There's spawn. a bigger one out there in space somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that. and, and that is an interesting idea is that he's he's one of many. Like he's just a member of a race. Right. The yeah. Lavos like, sphere is orbiting space somewhere, and I'm sad we'll never get chrono break. Because maybe yeah. that would have delved into the origin of like, everything. Exa- like it's really interesting to think he's not some he's not like a Kefka or a Sephiroth. He's not this overarching villain. He's just he's one member of a larger spe- of, of a species, and he just happened to land on on this he's planet. Just, he's just doing what he's designed to do: terraform a planet and consume yeah. it, and then move on. So I, I guess I in mean that, the parallels to the reptites, right? In, like they're just trying to survive as a species. He's just trying to survive as a species. So in that regard, can we even so like obviously Lavos is the antagonist of the story, but can we regard him as a villain with with malice? I think no. we don't know because we don't know enough no. about Lavos. I mean he very well it it very well may be sentient and have have the capability of saying, yeah, I'm gonna fuck up this planet. But it also might not. Like I, I think I think it's undetermined. Well even if it is sentient, it's still just doing what it it yeah. needs to survive, and to it, it's just a source of food. The planet, exactly, it's blades. Right, of but like, does yeah. it understand that it's right. dooming? Like, it's like how how much does it understand? Is it making a moral decision? Well, that's why I don't think no one ever really considers Lavos a great villain. It's a great. Uh, like it's not problem. a I, I think <laughs> a I problem. think La- it's not that Lavos represents a great villain. I think he just represents the end. It's a you force. know like like it's he's a, a he's a force of nature yeah. exactly like like and I think that's what makes him as scary as he is. Not necessarily because he has great character moments like you know like a Kefka or a Golbez or a Sephiroth. I mean, other than just killing Chrono. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 that's, like, that's like, his character. That's moment. his character moment. His his purpose is to represent oblivion. His purpose is to represent the 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 end. Like he is, he is um, he is the absolute end. Like he and 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 up until Chrono and his friends, there is no escaping him. Right, like there is not a soul on earth that can hide from him. Um, and that is what makes Lavos not necessarily a great villain, but a great threat. I think yeah, threat's a great um, word. Memorable plus, as hell, but plus his theme is just so fucking good. Oh my god, yeah. It's, like, uh, yeah, it's it's dramatic. It Can really I is. Back up slightly, and I want to talk about my favorite moment in the game, which is when you show up in the Kingdom of Zeal for the first time. I oh. love that moment. I so in my brain, when I think about this game in Final Fantasy VI. I split them both into two acts, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like Final Fantasy VI has an obvious split in half with the opening yeah. of Act Two being Celeste, you know, marooned on that island years after everything's fucked up. Corridors of Time and the Kingdom of Zeal is like the start of Act Two of Chrono Trigger. Like, it's right at the yeah. halfway point, and it's a it, it represents a huge change in the game. And I like it's such just. It, that moment every time like you show up in this snowy cave and you're kind of like great a desolate fucked up world again yeah. where am Maybe, i now yeah. what's what, going what is this on weird and path? you're like oh god what what has happened this time and then you go up and all of a sudden it just opens up and quarter of the time which is probably the best composed piece of video game music ever created i want to do yoga every time i hear it rebecca oh like, my I just, god i want to meditate so good and i know i know the kingdom of zeal is also fucked up like it there's all these horrible implications especially for the people on the surface but, but it seems so great at first. Yeah, like the, the the first like 20 minutes or even 10 minutes. I don't know how. It Everyone's probably takes like 10 happy. minutes. Everyone's just like, oh, I Everyone's can do happy. it. It was like, like fucking great. magic. Yeah. And, like it's just bright and joyful and so cool. And like I, I love that moment. I love that. I love that. Like 
I think of it like a stage play or a, or a symphony concert or something, and you and that's what you open with in the second half. And I'm just like, wow, we are going places here. Plus, I mean, I got to give, like, if we're talking about Zeal, I got to give props to Dalton, who's low-key one of the most entertaining characters <laughs> in the game. Him, him and his fucking golems. His, he's supposed to be irritating and he does he has, so his, well his attack goals. is his 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 attack is literally a burp he burps at you and it stinks yeah, it reduces like, your hp by half it reduces and your it, he's throwing iron balls at you and he breaks the fourth one of my favorite moments in the game is when he breaks oh, the yeah. fourth wall he he's does. flying that he's flying he's flying the, like, he's no, flying no, no, the epoch no, no, no. cut the music what the yeah yeah <laughs> this is the wrong music and then he plays that he plays that really really like crisis like it's like that yeah, crisis music yeah. Yeah. he's like ah that's more like it and i was like oh that's so fucking good i forgot that happened because when i was just playing through it a few days ago i was like i forgot about this scene well, I, I think there, there are, I mean, again, we're going to get to Chrono Cross, but I think it is simultaneously one of the stupidest plot decisions ever, but also one of the most fitting that Dalton is the reason everything got fucked up in yeah. the Chrono Trigger universe as of Chrono Cross. When he like, went you to... only... You only hear about it secondhand, but apparently he he survived everything. He got, he, away. he got a bunch of armies together and just invaded. And we don't know what happened to Chrono and Marl. And I'm like, that is well, terrible. I hate this plot point, but also it really makes sense. Well, and the that DS, I mean, well, and, and Rebecca, the DS version, like has an explicit scene added where Dalton raises an army in Pore and, yeah. uh, and, yep. and invades Guardia. And, yep. and he's the one, he is the one who is responsible for destroying the capital. Um, and uh, like Dalton, Dalton was a, I, I wish we had seen more of him in Chrono Trigger because he was a great villain. Like he, you, he I mean, was, he, you hate you him. He was I just malicious and yeah. Because exactly. his, honestly, with, with how much he's in the game already, his shtick was wearing a little thin by the time you like finally get rid of him, I think. Because yeah. every, every single time you see him, it's just, he throws out some jokes and then he sends out a golem to fight you and it. He does it like three times. And but, by the third time, I was like, okay, okay. But the last Golem you fight is so great because he's exactly, scared yeah, of heights. And then again, it's a joke battle. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I, like the Golem comes out and he's, he does the countdown. I mean, the first time I played it, I was like, oh shit, it's the Golem boss. It's a, it, like, and, again, and again, like you fight so many Golems from Golem. Yeah. It sets up your X fight. And they're hard fights. They're hard as fuck. The Golem twins was, I think, the hardest boss fight in the entire game. The Golem the fight. Golem twins were hard for me. Um, The su Son of the Sun was really hard. To I mean, that's more of a puzzle. Uh, Oh, yeah. that's a yeah that's a side that's like a optional like game um but i also thought that the um one of the hardest bosses in the game for me was actually uh the final form of zeal uh yeah. the first time i played it yeah i had a lot of oh yeah with the, yeah you're right because well, that's the, kind of a gauntlet boss fight you have to fight like three bosses. you have to fight the mammon machine and then you have yeah, to fight zeal yeah. herself and yeah. then you have to and fight the, hand, the, the hands. hands and face yeah yeah but what a what a just that just, was what a, a boss fight you're right uh real quick before we wrap up here uh we'll start i want to start with rebecca then we'll go to finn and then we'll go to i Brandon. have a hot take i want to throw in but i don't know if you're going to ask something similar to this well i was going to talk about favorite endings but go ahead rebecca okay i have i have one hot take that i was saving for the end Let's drop i it. do i don't want a sequel i think that but i think i did want a sequel i think the time for a sequel is past I've never wanted uh, one. I would not. It, it, in the time when that team that made this game was together, I think they could have made one hell of a fucking sequel. Oh, yeah. Now, it is so many years later, I do not want anyone to touch this. Unless it's those same people, and I don't think there's any chance of that happening. So, because can you, I can imagine a million ways a sequel could fuck this up. And it, it could. Is, I, I don't want a sequel. Well, like, in, like, you know, Chrono Cross, while a good game was not the sequel I wanted. No, it's not the sequel Chrono anyone Trigger. wanted. 
Um, it's a spinoff, effectively. It is. I've um, never there's, played more than a few hours of it. There's it's even the, acknowledged in the game that it, or somewhere that it's not technically. It doesn't even happen in like the same. It's like an alternate universe. It's like an alternate I, reality. I like it's, seven or eight times, and I've played five hours of Chrono Cross. There's a lot of connective tissue between Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger. Like like Lavos is still the villain. Um, Lean's but, Bell. Lean's Bell. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in like you know the Prometheus circuit, but um. In regards to his sequel, like, of course, you know, Finn had mentioned Chrono Break earlier, which was something that had been registered by Square, like, what, it was, like, 15 years ago, Finn? Like, it's been a while. Like, it was it's a long a time. The, the only thing that, the only thing I want is Chrono Trigger maybe to get, like, a like a nice remastering and yeah. throw it out on, 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 you know, PS4, Xbox One, Switch. Um, I, I, I don't know how you improve the sprite art. And I don't know. Like Just crisp it up a little bit. Like, I don't know. Put a little put put a little HD shine on it and then kick yeah, it out. Honestly, on I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I just play a port. I play a straight porting, and as long as it's not that shitty mobile port, Square Enix keeps trying to put on everything. Like uh, you know, which of course, like you know, that's you know, with Square Enix, I feel like that's the monkey's paw. You know, like we want a port of this. Okay, here you go. And then you know, you get like Final Fantasy VI on mobile. I mean, I feel but, like um, D, the DS version is as much as you could do. The, I mean, just take I, the DS version and put it on Switch. I did not play the original versions of this game. I did not play it until it came out for the DS. I have... I, I'm i really picky about playing games that were before my time. Um, I didn't start playing video games until the GameCube era, so I was a little bit older than most of my peers already. And so anything before GameCube, Game Boy Advance, I kind of I tend to bounce off really hard just because it, it, there's like clunky technical things that have since oh, been yeah, solved yeah, yeah. where I'm like, I do not want to do this. Chrono Trigger, I played on the DS and it's my favorite video game ever. Like I... And they, they didn't change much. No. Chrono, Chrono Trigger is one of those games where if you had to argue in favor of a perfect game... It's like, damn close. Chrono Trigger is probably about as close as you get to is a... Is that Fantasy VI? perfect game I so had, like i had one complaint yeah and i can't remember it so, so like final <laughs> fantasy 6 and chrono trigger and super mario world and, and the link to the past if you had to ask me about perfect no! video games wait no link to the past is good i always yeah. forget whether it's that or ocarina of time I hate, I hate no it. no past yeah link link, yeah like if you want to talk oh, about oh, perfect I, just, games. I just remembered it i i you know what i did not enjoy the part where you lose all your weapons when dalton takes you captive oh the blackbird yeah. and then, yeah, that, like that is a very quick part you, you get all your equipment back in like less but it's a pace minutes. killer it, it's a little bit of a pace killer it's a, a pace bit. killer because like because the first time i i played that i couldn't figure it like i couldn't figure out the layout and i was like what the, it how the let fuck let do i get out of here it doesn't let you use your techs yeah for, for, for essentially no reason like wasn't it wasn't a fan yeah, wasn't right. a fan, but but like you said, like it's such a small vertical slice. It's over game. in ten. Yeah, you you find your, there's only like ten rooms you can look through. You get your gear back real quick. Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry, John. Go ahead. I just wanted to throw that hot take out. Oh no, no, no. That's great. No, I'm glad you said it. Real quick before we wrap up, I just want to go around the table. We'll start with Rebecca and talk about favorite ending. What's your favorite ending in the game? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I don't remember what number it is, but what, whatever the the true final one is, where they float away on the balloons at the Millennium Fair. That's like Fair the canon. And, I mean, yeah, like the canon oh, yeah. ending. I I love. I haven't seen most of the other endings. I've seen a few of them, but um. So I I told you like I I kind of think of Chrono Trigger sometimes and like because I think about the music a lot. The music's really important to me. Yeah. We didn't talk a ton about it here, mm. um. But I think about it in terms of it being a little bit like a symphony. 
and having the millennial fair theme and having the millennial fair itself come back at the end and have there being motifs of the millennial fair in the final music is just like it's it's just a per perfect full circle for me it yep. lands really well and the it's like to faraway times or something to faraway times yeah. Yeah. yeah and it just ah oh, it's good it's just it's just beautiful and happy and i i like happy endings i'll play off that next because my favorite ending is basically the same as the balloon ending except slightly different it's the cat ending nice. yes. this is the one i got on my so if you yes. if you like chrono's mom after you know you say goodbye to everyone and everyone's like you know bye we'll we'll see each other again Cro like a cat comes running out and then it, it jumps into the portal and chrono's mom is like you forgot to feed the cat it's running all crazy yeah, yeah. and then it runs into the portal it's like it's a comic relief ending Except I love that there's real... joke endings. Like it's a, it's a joke oh, ending. But, but I love. But Brandon ever again for the rest of his life. But but that's like so. That's my favorite ending too. Simply because and then they um, fly away on epoch. And they fly instead of the balloons. They fly away in the epoch, epoch and and but but you see but it flashes through all the time periods and you see Robo and Atropos uh, yeah, sitting yeah, on the yeah. mountain watching yep. the epoch fly in the distance and you see Frog and and and, and Magus Cyrus and, Glenn. Cyrus and Glenn and they're all watching the epoch fly and I get and it it really reinforces like the friendship and the family yeah. that those characters have all built throughout the ages and uh and that that's why that's why and like you, you've got you know um you know you got that wonderful music playing uh and that's that's why i love that ending the most finn what about you you know uh i mean everyone loves the that those endings but i'm uh, out of all the alternative ones my favorite one is the one where uh the dinosaur age where the dinosaur <laughs> all the reptites well because it's the it's the it's one of the first storyline endings that really shows just like how different things could have panned out and That's just the ramifications <laughs> of a certain choice. Like you decided to go defeat Lavos before Azala. And so because you never defeated her, um, they win. And so everything changes. It's a huge cascading change. And I thought that was really cool that because really it was cool. one of the examples of the endings showing you there are different ramifications of, of fucking with time. And it's like, boom, that's a big one. So I love the, the the happy ending because that's the true ending. I like the joke ones, like the one where uh, a frog goes to profess his love to Queen Lean and they have, they have half frog, half, half human frog babies. babies. Yeah. There's like yeah. a developer ending where you- The developer ending is developers great. Developers are like that's fucking around in the room. One. The, the, the developer endings are fantastic. Yeah. But the developer I, I one is the great. dinosaur one is really cool because it just shows like, how when you choose to fight Lavos really can have dire consequences mm -hmm. because then you kill Lavos and but and so Lavos is never there to prop up humans or give them it, make, it makes that new game plus worth the effort. it does it really does so anyway that that's my choice that's my call well I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here um and we are going to continue on the next episode by moving into Chrono Cross and which... Radical Dreamers and Radical Dreamers, which is going to be a super interesting discussion because there are a lot of references and callouts to Chrono Trigger uh, in those two titles that people are probably not aware of, um, more so than the game makes explicit to you. Uh, and I'm really interested to talk to talk about those and also kind of my feelings about Chrono Cross as opposed to Chrono Trigger. As considering Chrono Trigger, like if, if Final Fantasy VI didn't exist, Chrono Trigger would be my favorite game of all time. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, thanks to anybody who uh, who is listening to us and uh, tune in next time for our Chrono Cross discussion. Thanks a lot, everybody. We appreciate it.